Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Mr. Call Screener. And uh, today we're doing a live show in Philadelphia. So big shout-out to everybody in 1210 WPHT land. Lots to discuss. We're going to get into that right now. You know, so many people today, these days, don't even care about politics. What they care about is their pocketbooks, for sure. But for most people, it always comes down to common sense. And, you know... I forget this because I live in this political bubble, right? I'm consumed with information, as are many of you. A lot of you guys listening to talk radio, especially on a Saturday, it's because you're listening during the week, and this is what you do. You get your information. You like to stay on top of things. The talk radio listener, and this has been proven, is a lot smarter than other listeners of music radio or whatever. So I get that you know, and you guys are news junkies, political junkies like me, but most people don't care. What they focus on is just their own lives, common sense. The problem is, how common is common sense? Now, I know a lot of independents, they just don't care. They're like, listen, that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect me. I'm good. But there are some people out there that have sipped that leftist Kool-Aid. But for the most part, I think most people don't care. Or at least that's how it used to be, right? No matter what you call it, right? Whether you call it the deep state, Democrat socialists, American Marxists, homegrown communist sympathizers, or the New World Order. It really doesn't matter to me. The difference isn't really made by what we call them because it's just as destructive to the lifestyle that you and I once knew. And I say once knew because we no longer live in that world where if you were a little kid, you walked by a flag or they were playing the Star Spangled Banner. You know, some adult somewhere, if you were walking by, would, you know, flick you in the ear and, you know, smack you in the top of the head. My, my parents are from Puerto Rico, so if you got smacked on the top of the head, I was called a cocotazo, right? And, and you'd get this noogie. Because it was like, hey, have some respect, salute the flag. That's not necessarily the case anymore, right? Because nowadays you've got parents, teachers, uh, movements, entire movements of people that are saying, you know what? Stand up against that oppressive rag because it stands for slavery. It stands for racism. It stands for everything that is bad and evil. And sadly, we're already there. It's not that we're getting there. We're there now. In the philosophical idea of uh, idealism, truth becomes subjective. And I think that's where we are today. We're stuck in this realm where everything is subjective including the truth so people say things like you know the government has no right to tell you to do what you can do with your body but that holds true for a lot of things both for vaccine mandates and for abortions and this is where people are at this crossroads and they don't know what to believe anymore they just want to pick a team or they just don't care to align themselves philosophically with anything that actually makes sense that has some sort of philosophical underpinning because they don't care about that It's about emotions. And I think this is a dangerous place to be because when we don't actually stand for something, like the old saying from Hamilton goes, 
we fall for anything. We've got a lot of people that are in between, and, and there always has been a majority of people that are in between that are not conservatives, that are not liberals, or today uh, conservative and what liberals have really been replaced. There aren't many of them left by the progressive movement. There's people that think, yeah, I just met a guy yesterday. I went for lunch with a former mayor buddy of mine in Jersey, and the owner of the establishment comes over to say hello to us, and he tells me, look, I don't know what I am. I think that, you know, we need a strong national defense, but we got to stop getting into these endless wars. I think we have to keep the country safe. We have to support the police. We've got to kind of live and let live. And, and I looked at him. I said, that sounds a lot like Donald Trump. It's exactly how he governed. The guy, he couldn't handle that. He was like, no way. No, no, I'm not like Trump. <laughs> and I thought, you know, this is the problem, right? And we'll get into that in a little bit. But, you know, he went on to say in his how he's not like Trump, and he certainly wasn't in this respect, he says, I don't think people should be allowed to get as rich as, as Jeff Bezos. Guy's got more money than anybody. And I'm thinking to myself, who are you to decide how much money he's allowed to earn? It's not like he stole your money. right? He sells stuff and he builds stuff. Let him make as much money as he wants. I don't think it's a sin to be rich. Now, you may want to argue with me. And if you do, give me a call, 855-839-1210. But I think be as rich as you can be. Just follow the rules. Be a good person. Be righteous. Right? Stand for something because... In our society, and not to get too uh, philosophical, but we've come from a lineage of those that were pioneers in the Enlightenment. These were guys that decided that we're going to read and study about God and how that affects us as a humanity. And there's the fallen man and the enlightened man. And it had everything to do with religion and faith and one's morality coming from those places. That's just how it was. You have so many of these people that subscribe to both liberty and to Marxism. And many of them don't even know it because they're just like, I've got other things to do. I've got a little kid to raise. I've got a kid in college to raise. I've got this and I've got that. I've got a mortgage or I'm saving for a house or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Now, of course, this creates this interesting place because popular culture has done a number on the identity of we the people. You know, a lot of us don't even know who we are or where we came from. The actual independent thinking process known as heterodoxy, that's kind of been erased from higher education. So gone are the days of classical liberalism where universities would hire a conservative and a moderate and a liberal and a progressive and even a Marxist, you know, for the extreme of things. Now they only hire their own. And they make sure that only one philosophy is taught and everyone else is bad. Everyone else is racist. Everyone else is pushing our democracy, quote unquote, into an existential crisis. So, of course, it doesn't take too much time for this to begin to erode morality. And hence you get where we are today. This is the sad truth of Philadelphia, of New York City, of so many big cities, great cities across this country. That's why cops are being ambushed in New York City. One's dead. The other one's sadly expected to not have a great prognosis. That's why citizens are being hunted down in Philadelphia. All you do is open up the newspaper, do a quick Google search for Philadelphia news, and you'll see who just got shot, who just got killed, who just got stabbed in the last 24 hours. It's an absolute sin. Depravity starts in the mind. So I want to get into that. I want to get into that stuff, but I want to get into some of the silly stuff and the funny things we talk about, like that piece in the New York Post. I talked about it on my last podcast. <laughs> that, that was a pretty crazy one with the um, side effect of um, 
Anyway, we'll get into it in a little bit because it's a, it's a little heavy topic, and I want to give a warning before we do that. And we're going to talk with Carrie Pickett. She's at the Washington Times, and she's a senior congressional reporter, and she's going to be uh, joining us in a little bit. Plus, I'm going to be checking in on Twitter and Getter and Parler and all of the other social media if I can get my fat fingers uh, to navigate my phone appropriately. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, and we'll be right back. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. All right, welcome back, Philadelphia. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And I'm here with you straight till 3 o'clock. And we're going to have a couple of people joining us. I'm teasing them because I'm really looking forward to talking with them. If you've ever listened to me before, you know that I'm a Mike Hogg. I like to listen to myself talk for three hours straight. I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm not kidding. But I do uh, enjoy talking to these three individuals. I think they're really, really passionate and they're really, really good at what they do. So I can't wait for them to call in. But I want to talk about uh, what's going on across the country a little bit. And one of the things that I want to focus on is a woman named Maria Burgos. She's a Virginia education official. And in November, she admitted to using a Marxist framework in schools in Virginia. This is from YouTube. And it's a little bit hard to hear, but I really want you to hear exactly what she's talking about. Check this out. I get that impression. I've been doing this work for 20 years. And what I implemented in the 20 years that I've been here is inclusion for everyone. Okay, everyone. You're implementing a Marxist framework. Well, understand the Marxist framework, and you'll understand that how it's used in education, psychology, sociology today. Not all of it. So you're admitting that it is used. It, 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 there is a Not all of it, but that would imply that there is part of it used. What parts are used? Look at it. Well, I mean, I, you seem to know, so could you just tell me? You seem to know. Okay. So, again, I will walk you through that if you didn't get it. I did. But, man, I was reading along with the transcript. So this woman, uh, she says, but you're implementing a Marxist framework. 
and then, of course, Burgos is talking about how she's been implementing these programs for 20 years with inclusion for everyone. The woman says, so you're admitting that you used a Marxist framework. And she says, well, understand that a Marxist framework and uh, understand the Marxist framework and you'll understand how it's used in education, psychology and sociology today, but not all of it. So now here's the fascinating part. So it's th- th- this is where uh, I get really um, interested in this stuff. Because this is the, the crux of the argument, right? Many of us say, oh, my gosh, Marxism, socialism, communism, evil, horrible, bad. And those are my thoughts, exactly. But they come and they say, no, 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 it's that you've been tainted. You've been taught to believe that these are very bad things. But these things are good, right? Because socialism is just a way for society and communities to work together, right? All for the good of the common union. That's what communism is all about. They'll go as far as their liberation theology, say things like, well, you know, Jesus was a communist. Jesus was a socialist. That's why so many Christians lived in communes, right? Growing up in a commune was a, uh, a big thing during the 60s. Again, when leftism was really a, a big push in the United States. This is how it's justified. And when you are the person that's in control of a classroom arguing with the person that should be in control of a child while that person in control of the classroom is saying that who are you but for a parent? Should you have control over the school system? Should parents have control over what their children learn? Should parents be in charge of their children's health care and, and their children's welfare decisions? Because that's the case, right? And just a quick uh, story on an aside. This is a whole philosophy, a whole mindset. I remember taking my daughter a couple of years ago. She's 16 now. And we went to an annual physical or whatever. And they were like, oh, she's due for whatever vaccine. Again, like three years ago. And in my head, I'm thinking, what vaccine did I take at 12, 13, 14, 15? I don't think I took one. And I I honestly have no recollection of ever taking vaccines in my entire life. So uh, as a child. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? This might be a new protocol they're doing. So I was like, what's this about? She's like, oh, it's for this, that, and the other. There's a few of them. She's behind on this one and that one. And I was like, oh, wow. I, you know, I had no idea. I've been coming to the doctor every year, at least once a year, unless they're sick and, you know, for, for other visits. And I've never heard of this before. And, and I guess I was being, um, I don't know, you, I guess you can p- put one of the isms on me because this woman looked like a crazy lefty. If Bernie Sanders could be a woman, it looked like this doctor. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, here she is. Healthcare is the right, right? It was Bernard Sanders in, in the flesh, but with longer hair. It was very scary. Anyway, so she's there and she's like, you know, trying to use my kid as a pincushion. And it's not that I'm an anti-vaxxer. I just was really taken aback. I was like, what's going on? So when I started asking questions, she was like, oh, dad, can you do me a favor? I forgot to give this to the receptionist. Would you be kind enough to bring it over? Which was about four minutes away and out of the room. Now, my initial gut instinct was to say, Hell no, lady, you do. That's your job. I'm paying you. But I didn't want to be rude. So I said, all right, you know what? Let me play along a little bit. I went outside and I called uh, my ex-wife. I called my, uh, my, texted my other daughter. And I was like, hey, when you went to the doctor, because she was already 18 at that time. And I was like, hey, did they make you take a shot? She's like, oh, no, they didn't give me no shot. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Uh oh, this doesn't sound good. This lady might be one of those doctors that has sipped the Marxist Kool-Aid. You know, if if this were pre-produced, I would have like sound effects on that. The Marxist Kool-Aid and add a little bit of an echo. But anyway, yeah, she'd sip this Marxist Kool-Aid. So I said, oh, my gosh, so I, you know, I'm texting my ex-wife. I'm trying to get in touch to be like, you know, what, what are your thoughts? And I, I go back in and she's like, oh, could you give us some privacy? And I said, she doesn't need privacy. She's a minor and I'm her dad. It wasn't like she was getting her naked and doing some sort of pap smear. It was a regular physical for cheerleading. 
anyway, this was probably one of the most invasive um, types of physicals that I'd ever experienced with my kid. And I've been her dad since inception, since she was born. And I thought it was just remarkable that this leftism pours over into so many other areas. So listening to the audio that we just heard, you have this woman that's asking the teacher, uh, Maria Burgos from the Virginia Education uh, Establishment, saying that, yeah, we use this Marxist framework, but you have to understand it's used in education. It's used in psychology. It's used in sociology today. It's also used in medicine. And that's why you have the, all these big fundamental divides right now on how to handle this stuff. Now, I know a lot of people subscribe to the idea that this is just some massive coup that they're just trying to take over. You have these evil um, world government uh, dictator fascists that are trying to. And I'm not going to doubt that those people may exist. I just don't think every last one of them is one of those. I think a lot of these people are in it because they like to sip the Marxist Kool-Aid. They just enjoy it. They think this is what it's all about. We don't like the establishment. We want to fight the power, right? They want to pump their fist in the air. And they want to do it with my kid. And they're doing it from from pediatricians to professors all across the board. So that is, to me, one of the things that really uh, sticks out in society today that we're seeing everywhere. You guys see it in Philadelphia all the time. You don't have to do, like I said before, uh, you don't have to go far. Just do a quick Google search on Philadelphia. And you'll get any number of stories that pop up talking about all the craziness that just happened in the last, I don't know, 24 hours. I'm doing it right now just to prove my point. So here we go. I click on the news tab and boom, there it is. Story number one, New Jersey woman beaten to death in Philly. Now some of these might be repeats. What else do we got? Oh boy. Somebody shot a carjacker. I think I read about that recently. I don't know if that's the same story or it's a repeat of the same story. So you've got murders in Philly, stabbings, shootings, woman clubbed to death in an office building. I mean, this is very sad stuff. But what do we do, right? What do we do when you have a guy like Larry Krasner who says, you know what? He's just like the, the prosecutors all over the big cities all across America. The, the one in New York, Alvin Bragg. Boy, this guy, he thinks just like uh, Krasner that, you know what? There isn't a, a crime other than murder that we should be prosecuting. Everybody's got to get to to be free on the street. Healthcare is a right. Crazy people on the street. Prisons, shut them down. They really believe this stuff. In New York last year, there was a woman named uh, Tiffany Caban. She was running for, for DA. And she was adamant about her position of shutting down Rikers Island Prison, shutting down you know, any um, any policies that would charge anybody for prostitution or any other of these uh, sex crimes because if you were in you know what they've redefined because it's always about the redefinition of language and if you were a part of this sex work trade that you were always the victim and that you could not be prosecuted only you know the users of this would be prosecuted i'm not necessarily uh for or against that i'm just giving you her philosophy But I thought it was interesting because this is very problematic to me that we would approach this in such a way. Yet, where is it that we are politically? What is it that our leaders are doing? Well, I can tell you in New Jersey, right? I'm born in Brooklyn, uh, grew up for a little bit in New York City, but moved to Jersey, 
live in the suburbs now, Bergen County. And so I'm a Jersey guy, I'm a New Yorker at heart. And I'm with you on the air in Philly. So a big shout out to everybody in South Jersey that's listening. Everybody in uh, Delaware that c- gets this station because my buddy in Delaware says, yo, I heard you on the radio. Big shout out to everybody out there. But what is it that we're doing? Well, here in Jersey, Governor Murphy has signed a bill banning the, the use of packing peanuts. Now, again, this reminds me of when they banned the styrofoam food holders that we had in New York City. And it just all to me comes full circle in, in this thought that so much is going on. You've got the police and in New Jersey at one point they were shutting down the electricity for, uh, for Attila's gym. Right. When um, Ian Smith and, and uh, Pete Hegseth and all these guys were down there uh, covering that story. I remember it like yesterday. And they were like, no, you can't be there. You know, you can't work out. We have COVID here. And that's it. Nobody can work out. Nobody can do anything. And they, they used the heavy hand, the iron fist of government to go ahead and send a very strong message. And now the new message is being sent to who? The packing peanut establishment, right? the styrofoam people that are destroying the environment. And I'm, I'm not trying to make light of it. I, I recycle like a madman. Uh, I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but uh, I care about the environment. You know, I try not to, to, to fly around as much as John Kerry and AOC, all out crazy. You know, I, I fly a little less. But I think the bottom line here is we've got all these issues that are going on. And the big deal is not only your drinking straws, but you're packing peanuts. That to me just is uh, useless. I mean, it's useless. But Phil Murphy signed this bill into law. And now post-consumer recycled content requirements for rigid plastic containers, glass containers, paper and plastic carryout bags as well as trash bags, prohibit the sale of polystyrene loose-fill packaging. There you have it. That's the bottom line. Every problem that we just talked about, every problem that you're facing, you've got stores that don't have all of your grocery items on the shelves. And guess what? No more packing peanuts. That's how we're going to solve the supply chain chain crisis. Anyway, more on that straight ahead. We're also going to connect with uh, my friend Kerry Pickett from the Washington Times. Plus, I want to talk about what Joe Biden is doing in response to the uh, supply chain crisis, as he's labeled it. He's saying we got to call in the military. So don't move a muscle. We're going to get to that straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. What's up? 
Philadelphia. I am Rich Valdez. Happy to be here with you guys in Philadelphia today. The home of my guy, Rizzioli, Dom Giordano, Dawn Stensland, so many of the great talents that you guys hear. Big shout out to my guy, Stalker. Uh, I love WPHT. You guys have a great station, great audience, great callers whenever I call. Sometimes I get to do programs uh, in different parts of the world. Uh, not different parts of the world, different parts of the country. It feels like different parts of the world. And I was on the West Coast not too long ago. And I remember asking, how are the callers? And they were like, oh, no, we don't do callers. And I thought, wow, fascinating. You know, just talk radio without callers. And I know it's out there. I just wasn't really accustomed to it. And it's a different vibe and it's cool. And I really enjoyed it. And I love the people out on the West Coast as well. But it's fascinating when you get to talk to people and the passion that comes out of the people in Philly is terrific. So I'm always looking forward to speaking with you guys. But right now I want to speak with somebody else. She's the senior congressional reporter for the Washington Times, one of my low-key sources in my uh, producer role as uh, Mr. Call Screener from the Mark Levin Show and, of course, as the host of This Is America. And uh, I just go to her for a lot of things because she's an expert on a lot of things. And she's got an article right now in The Washington Times. You can take a look at it when you get a chance. Title, Law Enforcement Groups Set to Challenge Biden's Expected Executive Action to Set New Policing Rules. And this is just one of many instances where the Biden administration is trying to federalize things that were once local rule. And this is, to me, one of the bigger questions of federalism that comes into play here. But we're going to get the nitty gritty. So I want to welcome Carrie Pickett again. She's a senior congressional reporter for The Washington Times. Carrie Pickett, welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Rich. And low-key uh, source here. I, I, I like the title. Thank you. There you go. Uh, yeah. But, Rich, here's the thing now is that you we have seen a number of uh, problems that the uh, Biden mis- administration is having as far as passing legislation, whether it's uh, uh, the uh, social welfare spending. Uh, We're seeing he's having problems with this uh, with this voting uh, legislation overhaul. Uh, Inflation is through the roof. He's got to have some sort of wins right now uh, going into the midterm. So what is he doing? Uh, He is pivoting to other issues and he is going back to this issue on police reform. And if he can't pass that, through the legislative chambers up on Capitol Hill, well, goodness, he's going to try and do it through an executive order. Uh, now, that particular piece of legislation last year, it got stuck on a number of points, particularly on issues of qualified immunity. Now, of course, that's a legal standard that shields public officials from lawsuits for their actions in the line of duty, of course, talking about law enforcement officers. And uh, this is, is, is an issue that you had Republicans and Democrats were just not agreeing on it. Democrats wanted to you know, lessen, if not take, if not eliminate completely the whole idea of qualified immunity from law enforcement officers. Republicans uh, simply didn't want to do that. They wanted to shield um, officers from uh, from these from these civil lawsuits that people could say, "Well, uh, this this officer hurt me. This officer uh, ended up uh, shooting someone." Uh, unlawfully and therefore should be held uh, civilly liable or even criminally liable. Uh, And because they couldn't pass it federally, certain states ended up passing uh, laws eliminating qualified immunity. We saw this over in Colorado, for example. And what some Republicans are uh, arguing, saying, hey, uh, now we can't even hire more more law enforcement officers because uh, they're scared that 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 they're going to be sued for uh, actions that that really they can't con- they can't control. So 
So this is an issue right now that now Biden is, is a trying to bring back to try and bring his poll numbers back. Some people are saying so. Now we have Brandon Judd. He's the president of the National Border Patrol Council. Before He's we get to him, I want to jump in. I want to ask you, how do you think, what kind of win do you really think the federalization of this uh, police reform, which to me sounds, I mean, just horrid, honestly. But again, I think a lot of people hear these terms like, oh, we're federalizing this and federalizing that. And how bad could it be? Sure. Uh, I think it's bad because, you know, if I call if I'm in Philly and I call the Philadelphia police, I expect them to show up and, and that'll still happen. But when you have Washington calling the shots on who can do what, taking away co- qualified immunity, um, it, it to me, it just smacks of hypocrisy because you want the cops that are dealing with you in your neck of the woods to to know your area, to, to be kind of homegrown. Right. But you also enjoy tons of qualified immunity as a member of Congress right. and, and, and as any public official. And to think that they have this qualified immunity, but yet the guy that has to put on a bulletproof vest and a gun on his hip every day to go to work, because those are the tools that are required for that level of danger in his work or her work, that person doesn't get qualified immunity. That's true. Now, I want you to keep in mind, we don't know what the details yet are of this particular executive action. Uh, the even though the the president uh, wanted to uh, keep the whole idea of, of eliminating qualified immunity uh, in the uh, in the legislation or 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 having some sort of form of uh, of, of of a lessening it in the legislation, we don't know if this is going to be part of it. But I will say this though. Uh, Brandon Judd, the president of the National Border Patrol Council, he mm-hmm. has vowed legal action if it is in this particular executive action of eliminating qualified immunity. So that is one of the things that that basically perhaps could come up in this uh, in this executive order. Uh, there there could be a number of, of other issues that uh, that could also come up, such as no knock warrants uh, issues that have to do with chokeholds uh, and and. Just like you mentioned, Rich, uh, yeah, this is a top-down solution uh, coming from Washington that really uh, states and, uh, and and local county officials are, are the ones who who should be dealing with this. So then, if if anything goes uh, sideways, then they're the ones who are going to have to be the ones who, who deal with consequences. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because I look at this and I think again. Uh, there are so many things that I think are in need of reform. But and again, I'm biased towards the police. I always wanted to be a cop. I did actually go to the police academy, an abbreviated one to serve as a volunteer. But my brothers were cops, NYPD. And it's I've always stood up for law enforcement. But but I'll say this. When, when Biden comes out with the gall to say we have to look at, you know, this and that and the other and, and propose these executive actions to, to reform policing at the federal level, it I think to myself, what is it that is wrong with the job that the federal police under, you know, under his purview that are doing, whether it be at the Capitol, federal police? Um, what is it that they're not doing that he's so upset with? What is it, you know, the federal police or the federal law enforcement that are at the border that Brandon Judd represents, the Border Patrol? What is it that they're not doing? I don't think you can say they're not apprehending people because you see every month 200,000 apprehensions. They're apprehending everybody they can possibly catch. So, I mean, it's clear that the problem is not in the enforcement of the law here uh, on the ground. The problem is in the enforcement of the law with asylum law and changing the rules on asylums and basically having a uh, somewhat of of an open door and a catch and release policy. So, I mean, do you have any inclination or have you heard any buzz in your um, traversing through the hill 
of why this focus on federal uh, federal, I guess, power over police? Mm -hmm. Or is this just more of that, um, you know, anti-cop sentiment that we see from the AOC left? Always keep in mind that when you have Democrat administrations, as well as simply just a trifecta right now of a of a Democrat uh, power from Congress up to uh, up to the White House, they look at things uh, wanting to be uniform across the board. Right now, there's a kind of a, a, a patchwork of a. Uh, of, of, of a law enforcement policy going on. So, for example, over in the blue states, as we're seeing, there's simply a lot of, you know, a lot of these sort of like left wing DAs who are simply not prosecuting uh, a lot of these violent crimes that are going on, and they're saying, well, these are, you know, those are low level crimes, and people are only stealing things that are, that are, that. Are, that aren't worth much or, or they're simply just jumping turnstiles. So we're not going to bother with that when in fact it often just simply balloons in, into, into worse things. Uh, I mean, I just tweeted out, uh, and if you want to check it out, it's over at, at Kerry Pickett, K-E-R-R-Y-P-S-C-K-E-T, um, a, a video from uh, 2019 where you had people doing this mass protests in the New York City subways, uh, jumping turnstiles, uh, protesting NYPD brutality, saying no more NYPD in the subway. And now what did we see just happening just uh, the other night? Uh, an NYPD uh, police officer getting gunned down and his partner right now is in critical condition. And I think it's what, five or six uh, NYPD officers getting gunned down already this this year. And people are calling for more cops in the subways and we're seeing more turnstile jumpers. And very often with these turnstile jumpers, it's, the reason why they go after them is because these individuals have huge rap sheets and they're often running from other crimes. But, you know, the uh, but, but you have these groups who, who are calling for, uh, you know, turnstile jumping being OK and, and they wanted free rides on the subways. So, you know, people are beginning to, to look at the situation very differently these days. And yeah, check out Carrie Pickett on Twitter. She uh, she puts a lot of stuff out there. I just uh, retweeted that picture that you're talking about. And there's uh, at least a thousand people in this photo. One of the biggest signs that's most prominently displayed right in the front of this crowd. Uh, it says NYPD out of the subway. That'd be like saying get the cops off of the SEPTA system in Philly. I mean, it's an absolute um, disgrace to see that that was what they wanted and they got it with de Blasio. And now you've got not only, you know, our cops getting gunned down, but you had a woman that was waiting for some, some scientist woman that was just shoved in front of a train and the guy laughed and said, Oh, I'm God. I, she shouldn't be here anymore. And that's why he pushed her right. to her death. So, I mean, clearly right, exactly. th- this isn't working. This, uh, no police business. It's in my opinion, it's a very sad state of affairs that we're in right now. Now, um, before we go, I guess 30 seconds to you on what's going on in Congress outside of Biden's, uh, police takeover. Well, uh, I, I want you to uh, just check out some of the things that right now the, uh, the Democrats, they feel sort of demoralized after feeling a lot of defeat uh, from uh, not being able to pass, as I mentioned before, this uh, this uh, voting uh, bill hoping to federalize uh, the, 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 the elections. So now they are hoping they can pass chunks of the Build Back Better uh, legislation, sort of pivoting over to health care, child care. Uh, hoping to expand uh, the the Affordable Care Act, uh, so they're looking for what they what they would consider to be the more popular pieces of the Build Back Better plan. Once again, uh, as I just mentioned, they are trying to find wins for the Democratic Party to run on going into the midterms. The problem, though, with that is 
people are looking like the, like the American people want to feel like things are better <laughs> around them. Passing mm-hmm. legislation doesn't necessarily do that. And as your uh, as your uh, boss <laughs> over here in the D.C. area, Mark Levin likes to uh, say all the time, you know, it's, That's right. it's, it's, it's like it's like you can pass legislation. But, you know, if people culturally and also economically don't don't feel it, passing legislation, signature legislation doesn't really do it. So that's going to be really tough for them. So we've got Biden federalizing uh, police by way of executive order, at least trying to do uh, to do that. He's also federalizing voting and elections by way of uh, of a bill that's not going to work. And I'm sure if that doesn't work, he'll try and do it by executive fiat as well. And ultimately, I think, you know, you tell me, Kerry Pickett, before you go, let me steal just a minute more of your time where in your infinite wisdom, right, where you've been on Capitol Hill for a long time, being our eyes and ears. When was the last time you saw a a political party that had the White House, that had Congress, uh, both houses, and and wasn't able to, you know, that pushed as hard as this. Because, I mean, we saw some pushes, I guess, when, when Boehner was there, but I've never seen mm-hmm. a push for this voting bill or a push for Build Back Better. I've never seen a push that strong fail as miserably in recent years. But maybe I'm wrong and I'm forgetting something. Um. I think we, I think we can go back to 1994, if you recall, Hillary Care, <laughs> and also uh, no, no, seriously. Yeah. Uh, remember, the uh, Democrats had the House for 40 years, and the and you had them push Hillary Care. They also uh, went after guns as well, uh, with with the assault weapons ban. And look at that. The Democrats lost the House after 40 years, and they, and they couldn't take it back for, like, many, many, many years thereafter. So yeah. hopefully I that'll be the case in, in November. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought. That, Go ahead. I think that's what we're seeing, basically, comparably. So, I mean, that's the best example I can probably give you just off the top of my head. Thank you very much for the pop quiz there, Rich. Yeah, you bet. Anytime. Uh, everybody, that's the lovely Carrie Pickett. Make sure you follow her on social media. Go visit her website. Uh, I think it's CarriePickett.com and uh, check out everything that she's doing. Carrie Pickett's a great uh, reporter and you'll be that much more knowledgeable for following her work and checking it out. Carrie, thanks for joining us today. Sure thing. Take care. You got it. Now, straight ahead, I want to get to what's going on with Joe Biden. Joe Biden, he now says, forget about the police. I'm going to move on to using the military to try and ease some of these supply chain problems. Now, while that may seem like a, a Band-Aid fix, I think it's somewhat problematic. But we're going to get into all the nuts and bolts of that straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. All right, Philly, welcome back. Everybody out in Jersey, hopefully you hear me. I just boosted my mic. Nobody told me you couldn't hear me. Bro, I got a big mouth. You can't hear me. I'll talk louder. I'm just kidding. Uh, Welcome back to the show. 855-839-1210. Taking your calls all afternoon till 3 p.m. It's Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. And some of you guys um, may know or may not know. And I'll just give you, now that we're in uh, this this, uh, tighter segment here, I'll give you a little background on me. I started out in talk radio in New York City on a big talk station in New York. 
And that's how I cut my teeth on talk radio. And uh, it's been great. Had some great mentors over there, some excellent talents. Uh, the great Curtis Sliwa was a uh, mentor of mine and a good friend. And he himself was mentored by Bob Grant. You guys know Bob Grant, the legend. Of course, another Bob Grant disciple, uh, the great one, Mark Levin, who you hear right on this station every day, uh, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, who is not only my boss in real life uh, as I work as a producer on his show, but uh, he's uh, been a great mentor and uh, allows me to sit in for him. So you've probably heard me on the Mark Levin show from time to time, which is a real treat and honor. It's uh, it's an absolute joy when you like this type of work like I do. And uh, I am the host of This Is America uh, that you can hear on odyssey.com. Make sure you check out odyssey.com for all the podcasts you want to listen to. Uh, that's uh, a great resource for that stuff. Now, enough of me. We'll get back to me later because... I'm pretty good at talking about me, but I want to talk about Joe Biden, who I like to call Joe El Baboso Biden. Now, Baboso is the Spanish word for kind of like bumbling fool. Now, I say that in jest and to be provocative. I don't say it in all seriousness. I don't think Joe Biden is a bumbling fool. While he does bumble his way through things and trip over his words because of two brain surgeries and and maybe his age, I make no mistake here, no bones about I think that he is a real deal, old school, crooked politician. Now, if you know one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't know one, I'll describe it a little bit. The old school, crooked politician typically have been from the Democrat Party, but that's neither here nor there because you could find them anywhere. But these guys are they're really good at flashing a smile. They're really good at connecting with people one on one. Campaigning was their thing. Policy was not. They, they never knew what was going on, but they, hey, how you doing? How's your, how's your mother? Everybody good? Does she need help? What does she need? Section 8, what does she need? An apartment? Uh, housing? You name it. Call my office. I got you. How's your, how's your son doing? Oh, he's 11 now. Oh, yeah, what's he doing? Well, you know, he just got into trouble, you know, and working until 6 o'clock between his latchkey. You know what? I'll get him into Little League. These guys, they made a science out of this. They could care less about what happened with tax dollars and about actually governing a, a city or a system. Uh, you know, whether it was small township or whatever it was, all they knew was to keep the people happy and keep the people in their pockets. What do you need a job? I'll get you a job. Parking enforcement, sanitation, public works, whatever they call it. This has been going on forever and a day. This is literally what the Democrat Party is made of and how it's amassed the, the, the strength that it's amassed in places like New York and in New Jersey and California. It's very incestuous. It thrives off of taxes and tax dollars. So Joe Biden's that guy. And I always make this analogy. And if you've heard it before, bear with me. But my dad, old school Puerto Rican guy, wasn't a man of very many words. You know, my dad was like, you know, if we were messing around, he didn't like it. Hey, cool it. That was it. That's all we got. Or worse, he would just whistle. And he had this high pitched whistle that you knew the next step wasn't going to be good. Right. It was going to be La Correa, the belt. Or my mother's chancleta, her slipper. <laughs> but that's how it went. It wasn't going to be good. And, and that was known. And that was how discipline was enforced. And today we've, we've fallen off of the beaten path there. But I bring up the old man to say, that was my dad. I knew He said, cool it. And I knew what step two was. And that's Joe Biden. He could be as senile as you want to paint him. But he knows his job is to lie and steal. He knows that's all he knows. It's like walking to the bathroom. That's what he knows how to do. So whether it's Ukraine, whether it's federal police policy, whether it's whatever, you just smile or you revert to a little bit of whining. He uses whining to his benefit. Come on, man. 
You know, you could ask him, President Biden, why'd you leave nine million or nine billion dollars or 80 billion dollars, whatever that number was in Afghanistan of equipment that was abandoned at Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan? Why did you leave it there? He'll turn around and he I seen it. He yelled at a reporter on TV and said, I want to know what are you going to tell the mom? The mom that's using candlelight to, to tutor her son who's failing in school, trying to make something. That single mom, what are you going to tell her? And I thought to myself, wow, he's either retarded or brilliant, and maybe both. <laughs> because ultimately, this is what happens. When you have these politicians that rely on muscle memory, it's like my old man. Into his 80s, my dad had fallen down and, and suffered a traumatic brain injury. And he didn't always know. Uh, left from right, and, and, and I'm being a little facetious here, but he definitely didn't remember my name. He just thought I was the hired help. You know, like, hey, here's your breakfast, here's your lunch. He, and one time I said, do you know who I am? And he said, yeah, you work for me, and I could fire you. I was like, okay, thank you, sir. Uh, but that was him, and yes, I can't, I can't, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the amount of times that he swung a right hook at me because that's what he knew, to take it to the street. And Biden's the same way. Doesn't matter what they say, even if it makes sense. He's going to lie and he's going to cheat and he's going to steal. That's just how he is. He's built that way. So when he talks about building back better, when he talks about federalizing this and federalizing that and making sure that we protect voting as if voting was somehow endangered, voting was endangered, why would he be in office? I mean, the things that come out of his mouth are just remarkable. But that's where we are. So it's that muscle memory because... Even if he didn't drink the Marxist Kool-Aid, he's pretending to drink the Marxist Kool-Aid because he's afraid of the Marxists that'll try and oust him if he doesn't play ball. And that's the spot that he's in. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to the foreign policy stuff in hour number three. But in hour number two, what's going on with crime? Crime in Philly, crime in New York. We're going to have Councilwoman Vicky Palladino with us. So all of that and more. Don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. We're just getting started. Hour two starts right now. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich.